0: Welcome to CooperCast, Go Ask Al, episode number four. This is your host, Al's pod squatter, John Sachs. Al answers a question from Roger about Bill Graham and the Fillmore East and West that turned into a whole episode of its own. And of course, after Al answers, Nilly the Dog adds a brief comment. So here's a question for you. Roger wants to know, what were your impressions of working with Bill Graham? Because you did really important concerts at Fillmore East and
1: West. Well, they were important because they were his thing. If we just played somewhere else, we would have just played somewhere else. Right. But that was
0: the Mecca. How did Bill Graham get the Fillmore East and West to be the thing? (laughs) Tuchus. Al's pointing to his head. He was smart guy,
1: oh, was he a smart guy?
0: yeah, where did you f- first run into f- to bill Graham
1: at the uh, Anderson theater hmm. in the East Village, yeah in new york he He started there he was
0: always putting on rock shows that was his thing he didn't He wasn't in the folk scene much, or was he
1: well, he' put on what he felt like putting on,
0: yeah. Right.
1: Was his choice entirely.
0: There's a whole Facebook group that follows Fillmore East and West and they have hundreds of photos of the marquee showing Blood, Sweat and Tears, or showing Al Cooper, showing Hendrix, showing everybody that played there, at the at both of them.
1: He was a an excellent boss to work for.
0: Yeah. In terms of money and in terms of everything. Everything.
1: He was just so pleasant. Yeah. And he died in in the course of his work. Mm. He died unnaturally in a plane crash, I believe.
0: Decades after he closed his um, film East and West.
1: Well, then he promoted shows. Right. He did... Uh, much bigger shows than the Fillmore's.
0: Bigger than the Fillmore's? Yeah, you know, like stadiums? Yeah. I see.
1: And that's probably what he was doing when the helicopter crashed.
0: I see. So, the Fillmore, East and West, just remains this huge uh, object of uh, affection. Adulation. Yeah, for many, many fans. Like I said, there's a Facebook group just about Fillmore East and West.
1: Well, the thing that was unique about it was the size in terms of how much audience it could hold. Mm. And then it didn't work anymore for him, so he went
0: bigger. He couldn't make enough money to make it work? Oh, no, no,
1: he could make enough money to make it work, but he could make ten times as much money... Right. Doing the other thing.
0: Doing the stadiums and yeah. giant halls.
1: And and once once he figured out how to do them, yeah. then there was no contest.
0: So you've played in the Fillmores in places like that and even smaller, and you've also played in the huge... You have played in stadiums. What is the difference for you as a performer in a medium hall versus a gigantic thing?
1: Well, in a gigantic thing... It's very difficult to have contact with the audience. Right. That bothers me. Yeah. I I still used to try and there's a, a recording of uh the Booze project at Central Park and um I was very proud of myself. Yeah. For my in between banter at that show.
0: Yeah. But, I,
1: but there was no Blues Project anymore. We just got back together to do some big shows. Right. And that was one of them.
0: But you played at at the Fillmore as Blues Project?
1: Uh, yes.
0: And Blood, Sweat, and Tears.
1: Yes. And with Mike Bloomfield.
0: And with Bloomfield in Super Session, like, a couple times, right?
1: Well, with the... Booze Project and Blood, Sweat, and Tears a few times, too.
0: Right, right. Would you be dealing with him directly?
1: In some ways. Yeah. There were always businessmen between us, Mm -hmm. but he he wanted to have that relationship with the artists. Right. So he was always there. Well, people wanted to play there. Yeah. Especially um, the local bands in New York and San Francisco. Right. And it was... Cheaper for him to oh. use bands that, that lived in those cities.
0: So he would make the band an offer. I'll book you for.
1: No, he would make their representative, the representative an
0: offer. offer. And it would be like, what, what five, ten, twenty thousand dollars, something, whatever it was. I never knew. Really?
1: Yeah, I, because I didn't care.
0: You want to play?
1: I actually wasn't in it for the money right. at that time.
0: Well, we talked about the fact that you never got paid a nickel for playing with the Rolling Stones because you got to play with the Rolling Stones.
1: I got session fees. Oh, really? Yeah.
0: Okay. But you don't get any residuals for your French horror opening for... Uh,
1: no, no, that's that's paid for.
0: It was paid for? Yeah. Like pa- By pa- one-time fee? Yeah. Like, what, $200 or something?
1: Whatever it was. Because
0: <laughs> I still hear it on the radio and I go, that's Al. The Bill Graham question is practically a whole episode unto itself. I
1: wouldn't have wanted to be on the bad side of him. Mm-hmm. And I never saw the bad side of him.
0: But you knew it was there. Yeah. By stories?
1: No, by uh, calculation.
0: Yeah. Okay.
1: But I liked him. Yeah. So I tried to, ha- I tried to have a good relationship with him. Right. And I succeeded.
0: This has been CobraCast Go Ask Al, episode number four, brought to you by Gigantic Concert Venues. Look for more episodes coming up and subscribe at Apple, Spotify, or just about anywhere, and tell your friends.